0: i invite like you to join in standing as together we share in the reading of God's Word this morning. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. You have that text printed before you. Would you join with me? For a child has been born for us, a son given to us. Authority rests upon his shoulders. And he is named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God. Everlasting Father, Prince, Prince of Peace. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. You may be seated. I want to ask you a question. Is there a better way to do Christmas? I think there's something deep within a lot of us that says there's, there's got to be. Because for some of us it seems like the way we do Christmas in today's culture in today's time uh, can be so stressful. It can be so complicated, it can be so expensive. I mean, you think about it. Christmas has become an occasion for excessive buying and spending, the pressure to spend money that we don't have on things we can't afford. Because we've been told that that's what you do at Christmas. Because we've been told and we've come to believe that you've got to spend lots of money on stuff for people to know that you love them and care about them. And you've got to be careful because if you spend X amount on one person, you've got to spend the same amount on the other person. And before you know it, your budget is just torn to shreds. Think about our time, our schedules during the holidays. And they go Crazy. Parties to plan, functions to attend, meals to prepare, trips to the mall or to the shopping centers, fighting for spaces, parking spaces, running all over town trying to find that hot item that your son or daughter or grandchild has to have. Mailing packages, decorating the house, decorating the tree. And for some of us, by the time Christmas arrives, we're about ready to say I'm not doing this again next year like this. Is there a better way? Well, I want to suggest to you that there is. And in fact, we're going to spend the next four weeks together uh, defining, describing a better way to do Christmas. A way that uh, is less chaotic, that's less stressful. Here's a is the clincher Less expensive, but far more meaningful. And so if you're looking for a better way to do Christmas, I invite you to be a part of our services for the next four Sundays. The first thing we need to talk about is hugely important. If you want Christmas to be better, a more deeper, a more richer, a more meaningful experience, It has to do with who or what you worship. Who or what you worship. I want you to think about this. There are basically two stories of Christmas. The first we could call the holiday story. And the holiday story is exciting. It's intriguing. It has lots of aspects to it. For example, this is a part of that holiday story, a wreath decorating your house in a, in a matter of days. If you hadn't already, some of you are going to start pulling these out. You're going to spruce up the ribbons and you're going to hang these on your doors or your windows and you're going to decorate the house. Another part of the holiday story of Christmas is you know, things like this. Lights. We've got... Tons and tons of these things. How many of you are white lights? How many of you are colored lights? How many of you are both? All right, we've got, we got our preference. That's part of the holiday story. And then one of my decorations is uh, rolled to the other side of the platform, so I can't get it, but decorating the tree, snowman. There's some great songs of the, ho- of the holiday story. Jingle bells and Santa Claus is coming to town. And it's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. Now, it's not like any of these things are bad. They're not. And something really uh, significant we would lose about the holidays if these were to disappear. I mean, can you imagine Christmas without baking cookies and making gingerbread men and singing... Uh, Frosty the Snowman, watching Rudolph on television. I mean, can you imagine? Those are great, great aspects of the holiday story. They're important. But there's another story of Christmas. And instead of the holiday story, we could call this the holy story. The holy story is the story of God... The life of a young peasant boy who was engaged to a young peasant girl, and using them to become the means through which he would enter the world through the birth of Jesus. And this story reminds us that for hundreds and hundreds of years, God had been using the prophets to tell people that one day He would come Himself. 700 years before the birth of Christ, one of those prophets by the name of Isaiah said this, The Lord Himself will give you a sign. The virgin will be with child and will give birth to a son and will call Him Emmanuel, which means God with us. About that same time, another prophet by the name of Micah probably shocked the Hebrew culture when he wrote this. But you, O Bethlehem, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come the one who will rule over Israel. Then Isaiah, again, spoke the words that we read just a moment ago. For unto us a child is born. To us a son is given. He will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. And on that first Christmas night, it happened. The God of the universe left the vastness of heaven and in an unprecedented and never perhaps to repeat it again until his coming again God came to earth God took on flesh God became a human being and he set foot on soil of the earth and he lived among us now we've heard that so many times that maybe it just goes right here in one ear and out the other but Think about that. It's God that we pray to, that we love, and that we believe is somewhere out there in His Spirit. This moment in history came as a human being in the form of Jesus to live among us. That's the holy story. John described it this way: the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And the gospel is here today. This church is here today. You and I are here today. Because this happened. Katie, this was real. And it changed the course of history, it changed the world. And apparently it's changed you and me. It's the holy story. Now, we have two stories of Christmas. Both are beautiful. Both add to the excitement and the joy of this season of the year. And for the next 28 days, we're going to be exposed to both of them. It's important that we understand the primary distinction between the two stories. The holiday story focuses on the hype of Christmas. The holy story it's all about the hope of Christmas. The hope being Jesus Himself. And so the first key I would suggest to us this morning in making Christmas better, in doing it better, in making it more meaningful than maybe it's ever been before, is to decide that we're going to use the next 28 days to worship the hope rather than the hope. enjoy the hype experience the hype celebrate the hype but reserve your Most profound reverence and awe and reflection on worshiping the hope. Let me tell you why that's important. The hype is man-made. The hope comes to us directly From the hands of God. Office parties, shopping, gift giving, decorating the tree. All the fun things that we do. All those fun traditions that we have at Christmas time. As meaningful as they might be, every single one of them were begun at some point by us. They're all man-made. By contrast, the hope of Christmas comes from the hand of God himself. This is his doing. This is his plan. This is his real-life story to live among us. You see, bottom line, this season that we call Christmas, it's not about what we do. Decorating trees and having parties and all the rest. It's not about what we do. It's about what God has done. And the hope that He offers. Your Christmas and my Christmas will be a whole lot more meaningful and beautiful this year. If we enjoy the hype, but we reserve our worship for the hope, let that be our primary focus. Here's another difference between the two. The hype is seasonal. The hope is every day, every moment of every day, every year. I can guarantee you with 100% accuracy that from mid-January to next September, not a single store in Newman will have a Christmas sale. I can pretty much guarantee you that none of the local radio stations will be playing Christmas Don't be upset if you aren't invited to a Christmas party. There will be none. Because the hype is seasonal. Unfortunately, so is the emotional, cheerful attitude and spirit of kindness that often prevails during Christmas time. You know, at Christmas time, people tend to be nicer and sweeter and more compassionate, more caring about one another. But come January, all well, that just goes out the door. Why is that? If you've got a cheerful attitude, because you have spent the last month celebrating the hype, when the hype is gone, so is that cheerful, kind attitude. By contrast, the, the hope—it's not seasonal. It's every moment of every day of every year. It's not influenced by a date on the calendar. It's a daily reality that lives and dwells in the life of every person who knows Jesus Christ, who has decided and devoted his or her life to worshiping this Christ, and following this Christ, and serving this Christ. The hope of Christmas, when fully engaged in the life of the believer doesn't leave when the holiday is over, but that hope becomes embedded in that person's heart and life in good times and in bad times and that presence of the living Christ is a constant reality that influences everything about you. When N.T. Wright, a Bible scholar, when he was asked what he would say to his children, to little children at the case of his death, he would say he would tell them, look at Jesus. And then he explained why. He said, the person, speaking of Jesus, the person who walks out of the pages of the gospel to meet us is, is central and irreplaceable. He is always a surprise. We never have Jesus in our pockets. He is always coming at us from different angles. If you want to know who God is, look at Jesus. If you want to know what it means to be human, look at Jesus. If you want to know what love is, look at Jesus. And then I love this, what he says here, and go on looking until you're not just a spectator, but part of the drama that has him as the central character. become part of the drama that has him as a central character. You see, when we worship the hope instead of the hype, the hope lives in us, and guess what? We are now part of that drama, that story that God is still telling. and think about this. The hype is about glitter and and all the other stuff. The hope is about grace and truth. Grace and truth. And It is in celebrating those that our life has changed. This year, millions of Americans who don't believe in Christ, who are antagonistic towards the church and everything it stands for, millions of Americans will celebrate Christmas. I actually read this week that 81% of non-Christians in America are going to celebrate Christmas. They're going to give gifts. They're going to decorate trees. They're going to have parties. They're going to do it all. 87% of people of no faith in America are going to celebrate Christmas. How is that possible? What are they celebrating? They're celebrating the hype. It gives them an option. It gives him something to do. The glitter and the tinsel. But people of faith understand and know that to really understand and really experience this amazing, beautiful, incredible thing we call Christmas is not to celebrate the glitter and the tinsel. It's to connect with and embrace the grace and the truth that has happened because of this person we call Jesus. Grace, the love of God. It's the love of God that we sing about. It's the love of God that draws us to a Christmas Eve service. It's the love of God that gives us love and compassion and kindness for one another. Truth. It is the truth that this Jesus is indeed God with us. Who who said of himself, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father but by me. It is truth that captivates our hearts at this time of the year. It is truth that defines and directs our lives. And when we look for truth, we realize we have no further to look than here Grace and truth. And when you realize, when you worship grace and truth, when that becomes the focus rather than the height, the hope, your Christmas will be richer and deeper and I like Garrison Keillor. He retired a year or so ago from his NPR radio storytelling time. But recently he made a statement that I had to take issue with. He, made, he suggested in one of his Christmas programs that you could still celebrate Christmas without having to believe in Jesus. Here's what he said. Although you may decide that instead of singing Christmas carols, you're going to hold hands and breathe in unison, Christmas will still live deep in the cockles of your heart, or actually, on your neocortex, stored as zillions of neurons. See, it's your brain that sends tears to your eyes when you smell the saffron cookies that your grandmother used to make, or when you sing Silent Night. So Christmas, he says, is, number one, lights. Number two, food. Number three, song. And number four, being with people you like. You need no more. Like Garrison Keeler, but on this, he is dead wrong. Experiencing Christmas means knowing firsthand the grace and the truth of God. And all that's made possible because of the story of hope, Christ Himself. So, you and I have this amazing opportunity. We have a chance, yet again, to experience this thing we call Christmas. And I would suggest to you that we have a choice to make. We have a choice to decide which of the stories we're going to demand and receive our greatest loyalty. Our greatest I would suggest to you that as interesting and as fun as all the aspects of the holiday story are, they really don't hold a candle to what really needs to be front and center. That is our worship of Christ. So enjoy the hype but worship the hope. And to encourage you in doing that, you know, it's important that we gather here on Sundays, but uh, we need to be worshiping God every day. And so we put together, uh, the staff and some church members, we put together an Advent devotional booklet uh, that begins today. And there are daily devotionals in here for each day during Advent. And we're asking that as a way of keeping your mind focused on the hope instead of the hype, that you take a part of every day, whatever works best for you, uh, and you spend some time reading the Scripture here, reading the devotional, and spending time in prayer. Read the Scripture. Read, reread the Nativity story from the four different Gospels. Read them over and over and over. You'll be encouraged to do some of that in the suggested daily readings. Now, I was informed as I came into this service that um, the people at 830 were real anxious to receive these, and so they took most of them. <laughs> uh, that's not their fault. The printers uh, uh, bailed on us last night as these were being printed, so we're, we're going to be printing up some more. We, pr- we probably do have a, a short supply in the back, but not to worry. We're going high tech this year, and this entire devotional booklet, uh, for those of you who do Facebook, it is on Facebook on our Facebook site. Uh, also, for those of you who have, for whom we have your email address, uh, you will receive the daily devotion on your smartphone or on your laptop or whatever the case may be. If we don't have your email address and you'd like to receive that, uh, you call the church office and give that to us. The bottom line is. You know and I know that it's already started and it's only going to escalate every day. Every time we turn on the television set, we're going to be bombarded over and over and over to worship, focus on the hype. Stay focused. Worship the hope. Let's pray together. Well, God, we just give thanks for the opportunity of being here this morning in your house, and uh, it is here, Lord, more than any other place, perhaps, that our hearts and minds become attuned to your presence, and your truth, and your goodness, and your love. And we ask, Lord, that as we prepare to depart here in just a moment, that we will do so with a commitment to spend these next twenty-eight days as we prepare for the birth of Christ to pour ourselves into worshiping the hope that you provide through Jesus Christ. It's in his name and in his spirit that we